This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we are, Rock and Roll Heaven, outside of Chicago at the Arcata Theater in St. Charles, under about three feet of snow. Um, it's pretty freaking brutal out there. It's a lot nicer, this view, than it really is here in Chicago. Uh, I'm Ron Onesti, one of your hosts here for Hanging and Banging, Artists on Lockdown. We're here every Thursday night, and it is our episode number 35. We are just talking to the greatest entertainers, the greatest musicians, the greatest voices uh, in rock and roll. And I'll tell you what, tonight is no different. Before we bring our guests, let's bring my co-hosts on one at a time. My brothers from Dio, from Last in Line, from Black Sabbath, Vinny Apice. Come on, brother, where you at? Apice. <laughs> Somebody, are, we, oh my God, it, wasn't that long, it was a couple seconds. Why do you do that? It wasn't oh, that man. I, and your voice puts me to sleep. I don't know. <laughs> you're not supposed to. You're supposed to say it's it's a it's a soothing voice. It's wonderful. You know, we got we're trying to get the show going. Exciting <laughs> voice. I like that shirt. What is that? Stick on? No. Wow. No, it isn't. It's a, it's I had that made by this Peruvian T-shirt maker. I four hundred dollars, and he painted it right on. Actually, I'm not even wearing a shirt. This is all painted on my chest. <laughs> you got three feet of snow there. Yeah, man. 30 inches almost. It's crazy. I was sitting outside before, right, reading, taking a break, and the sun's on my jeans, and it got so hot, I felt like my legs were burning. Come on, man. I had to move the chair into the shade. And that's the thing. Not only the snow, but you walk outside this cold, it slaps you in the face, man. And you're born and raised and stuff, and you, ne- I don't care, you never get used to it. So um, it's, I it's, just talked uh, to somebody in Iowa, and they said uh, they're watching the neighbor's house. They went in the neighbor's house, and there's frost coming out of the electrical outlets. Well, look at Texas. Texas is like 10 degrees. They don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on this stuff, man. Hey, let's bring our, our big brother on. What do you say? Yeah. Carmine Abyss. Little fuzz. Hey, what's up? Give me, and now, give now talk about, talk about the weather. I got a friend of mine that I talked to in Fairbanks, Alaska. Now, <laughs> I was talking to him from Florida. It was 85 degrees in Florida. 
He said, tonight it's going to be minus 35. That's 140 <laughs> degrees difference. Jesus Jeez. Christ. That's Is that crazy, crazy? Man. Is that unbelievable? We're in the same that's, country. That's crazy. That's like, going, like in outer space, like from Earth to outer space or something. <laughs> totally. You know? Hey, we got a few guys. You know, we've been, I mean, it's just incredible the response we've been getting on this show from all over the country. The, the notes, the emails, the people just been loving it. Um, hey, guys, I just want you guys to know out there, we are going to do something a little bit different tonight. We are going to be looking for your either comments or your questions towards the end. So go on the private chat or the comment uh, side and uh, chat me some questions. And if they're good, we're going to call you out and we're going to ask our guests your question. So tonight, nice. a big show. we've got two. Of wait a minute, wait a minute. Do we need a lawyer? We may. We may. We <laughs> as soon as they told me you were part of this, Vinny, I lawyered up right away. <laughs> <laughs> and Carmine's been married five times. Yeah, he might need a, a, a lawyer. Too. Yeah. It's um, you're the only one that gets like you go through drive-throughs when you get married, right? Just that's me again. I do. I Put do. On my account. I do. All right, let's let's bring uh, our first guest uh, to the uh, microphone. This guy, an original founding member of the Wings. Actually, we're gonna find out a little bit about it because he's actually before he's pre-Wings with pre -wings. Paul McCartney. Yeah. Yes, he is. Let's bring Denny on. Denny Sable. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey everybody. Hey, this guy. Danny and I did a rock camp together. <laughs> I think Don't you did a rock camp it. with everybody. I know. Yeah. I know. Not with Jeff. I don't think Jeff was on it. But Danny, we did. He's had, he had some great stories. Great stories. Well, you know what they say, more than three drummers in the same room is a felony. So we're in trouble, dude. <laughs> uh, it's a, a felony waiting to happen, that's for sure. <laughs> well, nice well, to be here. Good to see everybody. How you been doing, man? You been doing some things, some sessions? Oh, yeah. Same thing. Not a lot of sessions. No. We're, I, I want to be smart. I want to, I want to live. You know, yeah. I had the first shot. I'm getting the second <laughs> shot in a couple of days, so I'm oh, happy about that. But I get I yeah, get yeah. my Monday second shot yeah. Monday. Yeah, oh, we're supposed to get it on the 22nd. That's Monday. Yeah, Monday. That's oh, me. Yeah. It will, you it too. Will get, yeah. Oh yeah, same day. Let's at Dodger Stadium. Let, let, oh no, I just go to a uh, Dodger Stadium, Delray Beach Civic Center, yeah. no. where you wait online for an hour. It was well, funny because the last time I last time I went on, I had my hair done like this, right? Crazy wild. And I'm standing on the line with all these, you know, people that, that ten years older than me. And they I had this one woman come up, Oh, I love your hair. Who does your hair? I thought it was so funny. I'm standing on this line with with all the seniors, you know? Hilarious. I love it though. This this is new this week, right? The purple. Yeah. Well, that actually, is, it's been growing. All that purple is actually white. So eventually, I want to be like Danny, like Danny, Damn. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put little streaks of purple and then black when it's all white. Well, I heard Danny's hair was black. Then he got the yeah. shot, and now it's that's, white. That's right. You got it, Vinny. <laughs> right. And I've, uh, I've uh, dyed mine flesh tone. I don't know if you can see that. I think it's a for color character, out. you know. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Danny. We got a lot to talk about, some great stories. I can't wait to get to them, what you're doing now, and some other things, some other surprises. But I'd like yeah. to bring other guests that we have tonight. Uh, you know, you talk about vocal legends in rock and roll, and this guy just blows my mind. The power, the long notes, the theatrics. Yeah, you know him from Queensryche. 
You know him from Operation Mind Crime <coughs> singer, Mr. Jeff Tate. Welcome, Jeff. Jeff. Hey. Hey, hey. Hello, hey. Jeff. How are you? Hi, dude. So Great good to see you, you, man. Great to be on your show. <laughs> hey, where are you, Jeff? You I'm in, in cold weather? I'm in Seattle just getting over a, a uh, snowstorm, so it's all kind of melting now. Uh, Crazy. Oh. Wow, man. Uh, I'm in line to get I'm in line to get my vaccine uh, Tuesday. Oh, wow. good. oh yeah, yeah. First I one. Got, I, first yeah, one. first one. I haven't got the shot. You know, yet. you know, some some people say this whole vaccine is not uh, really a vaccine, but it's a, something to take over our minds and our bodies. <laughs> the so, so here, here it comes. I'm on my second. <laughs> the robot. Well, I, could use, I could use something taken over my mind right now. I'm so bored. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Taking well, over your mind would be a crime, Jeff. It really would. That's how we started this show, Jeff, because, you know, Steve Love, the agent who's behind us, he said, man, we got to do something to, you know, to do something with, yeah. with this lockdown. So he started his artists on lockdown, and we came up with this idea to do this crazy show. On it. And by the way, it's not 35. I think it's 37. 37, wow. Episodes. Yeah. It's hard 30, to keep 37 episodes. And, uh, yeah, and it's been a lot of fun, man. I can't see all our old friends on here, like Danny and yourself. I, and did, I didn't get friend. my check. Yeah, oh, that's good. Kid, don't, don't hold your breath, though, Vin. <laughs> I, I sent it uh, ver uh, uh, via, like, the, with the, the snow uh, the snow dogs. What do you call those? Uh, the Iditarod. It's on its way to you, though. <laughs> okay. Must be the snow and the snowstorms delaying the mail. Yes. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, so now a, pri a priority mail used to take two days, now it takes a week. Forget about it. Yeah, going backwards. <laughs> I want to talk real quick about, um, you know, I loved Ram, and a lot of people don't realize that that's actually pre-Wings, and it's yeah. the 50th anniversary. Any plans of something going on with that? Yeah, I all kinds of plans going on. They won't tell me what it is though. But no, I talked to I talked to Paul quite a bit, and uh, I think they're keeping it under wraps. Uh, I, I was so surprised though when I heard that Ram was fifty because that makes you know, I can't, uh, yeah exactly. I couldn't believe that it was fifty years ago that we were making that first record, and after that record, you know that's when we formed. He said, "Let's form a band," and we just put together. But but Ram, like I've done a bunch like. Like these guys here, man. I made a lot of records over these last fifty years, and mm -hmm. Ram's always been my favorite. And it was Paul's second solo record. He played everything himself on on the McCartney album, the one the Bowl of Cherries, mm -hmm. uh, and that that was received very well. And then Ram was like just insanely. They didn't like it when it first came out, and it was just me and Paul with a uh, either Dave Spinoza or Hugh McCracken playing guitar just the four of us, and then we'd sweeten some tracks with orchestra and stuff, but they slammed it at first when it first came out, and over time, they just realized what a great record it is, and today, it's like so many kids from other generations just think it's the best record they ever heard. You know, it's, it's, almost, it's almost like you know, when you talk about, um, you know, like Pet Sounds, for example, you know, yeah. it's got that feel, it's got that uh, that reference, you know, uh, as far as people just loving the, the, the structure of it. It just, it's, it touches people so many ways. And, and Ram, I think, was under, um, uh, you know, under, what do you call it, was not given the, uh, the credit that it deserved. 
you know. Yeah, I believe the I believe the critics thought you know like this. He broke the Beatles up, and everybody was pissed because the Beatles was no longer. You mm-hmm. know, it was on the tails of all of that stuff, and right. I, I just I think it got a bad rap. But the more they listened to it, the more they said, "Wow, there's a lot of music." A lot of people that I know said that they think that was Paul's best record. I don't know. Wow. Well, wow. You, know, you know, it's something that a lot of the uh, fans, of course, the real fans, uh, uh, love it. But a lot of the um, artists really talk about Ram, and so so Paul is part of the Ram project. No, no, no. I told, I sent him, I sent him a text. I said, Hey man, uh, I hear we're, we're coming up on a 50th there. And I did some guys out here in LA want to jump in and, uh, and make a, a, a remake of the whole record, do the whole record. And he said, great, man, have fun. Go, go, go for it. Hey, so, uh, awesome, yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I tried to get him to, you know, throw a part on or something like that to have, have a little fun with it. But I think he's he's got a he's got a number or he had a number one record. He's got mm-hmm. he's got a life, very full life, you know. So he just didn't have time for that. But I know that MPL, his his company, and Capitol Records have something planned for the for the fiftieth anniversary of, of Ram. So it's it's gonna be interesting. So we we just signed with a company that used to be Cherry Red in London. They're now called Something of the Universe. Yeah. Uh, something. And, and it's funny, the, uh, the guy that did the record with him, I've been working with, I did 14 instrumental tracks yeah, with him, yeah. Fernando Podomo is his name. He's, what a talented kid. He's like plays guitar, bass, drums, uh, and keyboards. And he's really, really great. Great producer. Yeah, really, really quick great. at the keyboard. Yeah. You know, I, got a little, I got a little story about Paul McCartney. Okay. You know, um, okay. Uh, when we were with Vanilla Fudge, we heard that, George Harrison used to carry our album around to all different parties in London in 1967 in those days. So, you know, it was always a rumor. So finally, when we played with Rod Stewart in London, Paul came to the show. And that's when the first time I met him. So I asked Paul, I said, was it true that he used to do that? Because, oh man, it was ridiculous. Everywhere he went, he had that Vanilla Fudge album with him. I said, wow, how cool, you know? And getting it from Paul is even cooler. Oh, yeah. sure. He was a nice guy. Nice guy. We hear it week after week after week, no matter what guest we have, whether it's somebody that was you know, big in the 60s and 70s or somebody who's been you know, in the 90s or even now, how much the fudge has touched so many careers, even, even from freaking you know, Zeppelin and those guys. It's just amazing. Uh, yeah. What the Vanilla Fudge did and how it touched so many people. Today, today, Jimmy Page, Jimmy Page posted a uh, show that we did. You know, this date in 1969, it was Vanilla Fudge headlining, and under Vanilla Fudge was Led Zeppelin and somebody else, right? And he, and, and he had he had the whole the whole um, set list that they did. And then underneath the poster, it said, you know, get your tickets out. And I'm, I'm thinking, I said, that ticket was probably five bucks to get in. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Where did he post it? He posted the whole video? No, they posted a, a poster. Oh, just a poster. A poster. A poster. Yeah. Right, right, right. Poster. A poster of the poster. He, posted he posted a poster. Okay. You know, this freaking Brooklyn accent's killing us. Right, get it. out of here. <laughs> get some coffee. Thanks, Vinny. Hey, my nudge. I love that. Hey, Jeff, you know what? And, you know, it's, it's, so, it's so exciting for me to be on this with you. Um, we've worked together several times. You've played the Arcata several times. 
Um, love Susan, by the way, send her our best. Um, but you know, as a fan, the structure of your music, the, 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 uh, the, the theatrics of it all, it's complex. I mean, can you take me down the road of how this silent lucidity, even the ending of uh, uh, just, it's just great, great stuff. How much of it is really like, um, does it take a long time? Did, did it take a long time to write those pieces? Did it just come to, to you guys? How did it take me on the journey? Well, I think everybody that is a songwriter uh, thinks their music sounds normal to them. It's just the, the way we think, you know, it, mm -hmm. and it comes out that way. It, it's really a reflection about, I think what your interests are and what your influences are, um, help shape, you know, your, your musicality. And, and, uh, it's pretty simple really, but I, I know people tell me all the time, Oh, it's so complex. And I don't think it sounds complex at all. <laughs> Well, you're obviously not li not listening to your contemporaries then, because compared uh, to that, I mean, it really, really is. And again, for me personally, as somebody who's a fan, but I get to stand backstage and watch you perform and watch how the audience responds to your performances. Um, again, it's it's the power, uh, those long notes, and um, and the theatrics of it all. I mean, it's a it's a show. It's a true show what you give people very, very dynamic music and the vocals uh, and jeff's vocal has always been yeah. very powerful you know oh, i i find no. that very complex yeah. Wait, <laughs> you guys. oh my well, god we, we played together before though too so yeah i know we <laughs> yeah, Vinny has a Vinny has some experience with those played, strange, with those strange think, changes you know <laughs> <laughs> Dro dropping beats every uh you know few measures yeah that's always fun huh yeah it's like, <laughs> how did you guys uh where did you guys play together oh uh, we played it down in uh last time i remember was in south america right wow oh yeah yeah we did a we did a, a show in south america for gosh I'm, i can't think of where it was so sao paulo maybe something like that yeah probably san paulo and yeah. and also when when dio came out we did the uh, holy diver tour yeah, Queensright opened for Dio. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And we were just two bands, and we were playing theaters, and it was sold out the whole tour. And uh, all yeah, through that Europe. was a great tour. Yeah, that was a really great tour. That was the first time that Queensright had been to Europe, and uh, Ronnie was, you know, very uh, kind to share his audience with us and give us that yeah. opening act slot. It was a great exposure, and uh, I have to say, everybody in the band was really cool to us. You know. Yeah. Ronnie Every, really liked you guys. He loved you guys. Uh, Even Vinny? Vinny was cool, too. Vinny, Vinny, was, cool. Vinny was the coolest. <laughs> oh, I was only kidding, but, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember, we, we loved, I, we loved them. We got along so well together. Yeah. It was a fun, yeah, great I tour. Was, yeah. I always liked them. And I think I did a gig with King Cobra with you guys yeah. at the Hollywood Palladium. That's right. That's right. right. Sometime and, uh, in the mid-'80s, I think it was. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was fun. That's the first time I saw you guys. I said, whoa, these guys are badass man very cool your Vinny, voice Vinny, i mean your voice your voice really stuck out to me you know because you weren't like you you were sort of like ronnie had a really great operatic kind of powerful voice where all these other heavy metal bands per se where you know, the vocals were mediocre you know screamers yeah Creamers. you got but you had a great voice and your harmonies were great and i'm a harmony guy from way back and i, I just love great voices because you got the doo-wop influence, Carm. That's right. 
Hey, Jeff, do you remember a gig we did together for bass player for YNT? He was sick with cancer. Phil yeah. Benefit. And, yeah. and I went on with, I don't know who I played with, but I went on. And then Jeff comes on. I won't name the drummer, but he started playing. But he was on, instead of being on one and three, he was on oh, two no. and four. One of those backwards. <laughs> and I'm on the side of the stage. He goes, oh, my God. And, and Jeff's trying to sing. And then finally, the band starts hearing what's, it's a train wreck, you know. And everybody starts getting close to each other and looking, and somebody's going like this. <laughs> One, two, and then he got back on. I won't name the name, but I was on the side of the stage. Vinny, call me later. Tell me who that was. You don't want to know. Private. Oh, it was very, Carmine. It was you're Carmine. Very, very kind not to mention the name. Yeah, that's. Uh... Yeah, I don't. I'm, I was just. I never seen that before. I'm like, oh, because that's hard to get out of if you're hearing it one way. Yeah, it becomes yeah. jazz, you know. You know. Well, yeah, I <laughs> I have to say it, it, that that was really without any rehearsal. I think too, you know. Oh that, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was get together and play some of, you know, your songs uh, for the yeah. benefit, and that was New Year's, wasn't it? Yeah, actually, yeah, I think it was New Year's. It was the party, uh, for Bill, uh, and uh, the whole band was on. It's just when he came in with the drums, it was completely backward. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit! That, that reminds me. Can I jump in? That reminds me. Please. I did a tour with. Richie Hayward was supposed to go to Australia with Joan Armour Trading, and he broke his leg in a motorcycle accident. So they got me knowing that I read music and they wouldn't have to rehearse, that I could learn the tour overnight, right? So I see this one chart, and the guys who saw it before, they wrote all over it. It was unreadable, and it was <laughs> odd times. You know, like you guys are talking, a bar of this, a bar of a lot, a lot of words. So I'm on the plane flying to Australia, and I said, I better rewrite this son of a bitch or I'll screw it up on the gig. So I'm re I couldn't find anything but a green pen in my bag. And I write it out. You know, I have music paper and everything. I wrote the whole chart out in green pen, put it up on the stage that night. The lights hit it and it disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, that's great. That's always something. Great. Hey, hey, I got some people. Wait, wait, wait. I was gonna say people think okay. musicians are demanding because we don't want the green pin backstage, right? right. Yeah, that's exactly why. <laughs> that's why, yeah. You know, I know me and Vinny had this situation. I had it with Ozzy that I, I wasn't able to rehearse. I had this little book of of charts and my you know, my cheat my gyp sheets. Cheat sheets, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and the first gig in, in, in Europe, uh, in front of like fifteen thousand people. I'm over there, you know, turn the page, playing Turn the page, you know. It's unbelievable how those ship sheets work when you have no rehearsal. Yeah. Uh, you did well, that with Sabbath, didn't it? I did it. My first gig with, with Black Sabbath, we didn't rehearse much. We rehearsed like two and a half days. I had to learn all those old Sabbath songs, too. Uh, and I wrote out the, the book. So the first gig was Aloha Stadium in Hawaii. And uh, had the book on the floor. Everything was going good. Halfway through, it starts raining. <laughs> the book got wet and started to puff up, and the ink ran. <laughs> I just couldn't. Oh, oh, no. Oh, my God. So we just winged it, you know. Winged it. Hey, 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 careful. Now. We winged it. All right. Now, now, you, now you got me going here. I got to tell you about a band I was in in 1970 or 69. Please. With, with uh, uh, Don Preston from the Mothers of Invention. Oh. Mm -hmm. The keyboard player, Tony Levin, brand new in yeah. town, yeah, man. Joe wow. Beck, and me. 
Uh, and we didn't rehearse at all. <laughs> it was all free form. We had like this play free, this play in five, this play, you know, there were hand signs and we had uh, an interpretive dancer named Meredith Monk in red later, late, later hosen. And she would dance around the stage. We had a little sh short guy. He had a beach towel over him and he stood on the side of the stage and he just slid across the stage on the last song. That was Danny DeVito. <laughs> the band was called Aha. Yeah, no wonder. Oh my God. I saw the Mothers of Invention play in 1970 and they, they took the stage and they were naked. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe so it. Completely oh, naked. Real. Just their guitars, you know, covering the uh, not to be mentioned parts. Uh, <laughs> so I got one for you guys. I got one for you guys. So Jet, Band on the Run, Venus and Mars, Live and Let Die. Uh, uh, listen what the man said. I mean, so many hits by the Wings. You guys, I'm going to ask you a question. This is a trivia question, boys. Uh oh. I want you guys to tell me. Hang on to this, Denny. All right. For a second, I want you guys to tell me. Not only it was one of uh, Britain's all-time selling hits uh, of all music, but it was definitely the Wings' top-selling hit in Great Britain. By far, all those hits. Which one was the best-selling hit? Live and of, Let Die. Of Wings. <laughs> Live and Let Die. Live and Let Die. Jeff, how about you? I would say Band on the Run. Carmenuch. I would say Band on the Run too. Okay, Denny, tell me. I think what it was the hell. My Love, maybe. That's a great one. Great one. Danny. That's the one. Wow. No. <laughs> never That's not that. the one. And if Danny don't know, I have the hell are we supposed to know? Well, I'm going to ask him. Tell me about Mall of Kintyre. Oh, yeah. Oh, that don't count. <laughs> I, I, left, I left the band already. Well, well tell me about <laughs> that, though. I mean, what is what a, that? About? What about it? I get to play it at a Beatle Fest. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> but that was what? Was it a Scottish song or was it a, a holiday yeah, song? Yeah, no, I don't know. It was a, a Scottish uh, folk song that he turned into, uh, into a song. It was one of the biggest singles ever. And he gave the, I, I, can't, I shouldn't say that, but he gave the rights of that to somebody, a friend of mine, actually. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was huge. It was huge. Wow. The big, you'd think there'd be all these songs. But it was the well, one. And then the ball. One, two, three, go one, two, three. Oh, looking tired, man. I, you can get bored in about 30 seconds. No, it was a huge record. Yeah, they wow. love it. They the, what do you call it? The the, uh, the, the the accordion and the bagpipes <laughs> and all that shit. And the little penny whistles. Yeah, it's something to look at. Did you know about that song, Jeff? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, I spend a lot of time in Ireland and Scotland, and you hear it all the yeah. time. Really? Oh, yeah. It's like they're all Lang Syne, kind of, right? Two of the guys in my band are Scottish. So. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so we know, we know all about, I mean, obviously, we all have different opinions on, let's call it today's Grammy Awards, <clears throat> the, the show. Um, I personally can say that I don't know that I'm a huge fan of it these days. I don't even know what it's all about. Um, but back uh -huh. in 92... Uh, you you were on the Grammys, Jeff. What okay. uh, what uh, I mean, 
can you imagine that's when when the Grammys were the Grammys when you got bands like Jeff's band on the freaking Queensryche on on the Grammys. Now were you nominated right. that year? Yeah, uh, a funny story about the Grammys. Uh, we were the only band that played live. Everybody Ooh. else was lip syncing. Uh, and so they had to make special arrangements for us because we were really, you know, different. You know, we were the only band playing live. So it was a big uh, technical nightmare, so to speak. <laughs> and I, I would always remember sitting there on the stage, the whole band is in position and the, the Grammy uh, techs are trying to get all the equipment working right in between the commercial break. And they keep having this problem plugging the lead into the guitar amp, and it keeps going every time that they plug it in, right? Oh, no. And so the assistant producer is counting down, you know, between the, the, the commercial, and we're all waiting because as soon as, the, uh, as soon as he gives us the go, the cameras take off, and we start playing. This partition opens up, and here we are, right? And all I can remember was <laughs> the, the guy going, 14. <laughs> and it was a real it's a real uh we were playing silent lucidity which is really you know yeah. quiet just yeah. relaxed you know gentle kind of song and i was so nervous i just sat there swallowing and swallowing and swallowing trying to like calm down <laughs> you know the feeling when we did the ed sullivan show right and that was the same thing, except you rehearse for five days on the set. You ever do the Ed Sullivan show, Denny? No, that was no, a okay. little bit before my time. No, no, but yeah. I was asking Denny too. But but anyway, so we're we're getting ready to do the show, and we're coming up down from the elevator, and uh, there was a, a black guy was uh, and those are the days when they had operators to operate the the uh, elevator. So I said to the guy, "Hey man, how many people watch this?" show he goes oh about 50 million <laughs> and my stomach just went like you know oh yeah and then we got on the drums and it's the same thing they're counting down you know 20 19 you know and you know i'm like my stomach is like going crazy until we actually started playing you know and yeah. then we played once we started playing there was yeah it was great yeah you know, everything went well and we even had our roadie who's our sound guy in the in the sound booth, it, he couldn't touch the board because of the union, but yeah. he could tell yeah. the guys, he could tell the what guys, do, uh, yeah. drums, vocal up, drum, the bass drum up, you know. It was, and we got it, had a great mix, and it was it was amazing. But damn, same kind of thing, you know. As I count down, you know, you're getting so nervous. Fifty million people are going to be watching this thing. Right. You know? I I I played a show with fifty one million people. <laughs> <laughs> So 50 million plus one person. That you're saying just a one yeah, that's right. million and one. That's and right. One. And well, one. Jeff, Danny, every week this competition between these brothers drives me freaking out. <laughs> I love it. Hey, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Works for me. Hey, Danny, hey, how about how was that drum roll, huh? <laughs> that drum roll was noisy. Needs a little work. But <laughs> it was very top endy. <laughs> you hey, guys remember the 1968 Peace Moratorium? Right. Wow. In, in Washington, D.C., the cast of Hair, uh, John Prine, all kinds of artists and stuff, they flew a band <laughs> of ringers down from New York Session people, and I was in the band. We played for that thing. And that's the biggest crowd I ever played to on the Washington Mall. We did Give Peace a Chance, and a half a million people went 
wow. back and forth on oh, my yeah. back feet. That was that was a memorable moment. Yeah. Oh yeah. We had one of those with Cactus at the Isle of Wight, 1970. Yeah, there you go. Thousand people. Yeah. And um, Rusty and Dance. One. And one. No, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and and our singer Rusty used to tell the audience. Come on, get up and boogie, and he's playing harmonica, and the whole thing got up, and it was like a gigantic wave. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's just unbelievable. Hey, guys, we'll be right back after a few messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to our Hanging and Banging podcast. I'm Ron Onesti here with Vinny Apice and, of course, the legendary Carmine Apice. That, uh, that, that rush, I mean, for us fans, that, that rush that you guys, Jeff and Denny, all you guys, you know, you at Sabbath and, and, and Ronnie, Vinny, those uh those performances where you just have just massive amount of people. I mean, it, it, does it is it like at a certain point where you just like it, it's just like a one solid piece of person? Yeah, yeah, you can't see beyond a certain I don't know I don't know how right. many feet it is. You know, the first ten thousand people. You know, mm -hmm. you, you can't see beyond that. It, it just becomes a blur. Yeah, but is it a is it a rush that you do you truly feel a rush with that? Oh you yeah, that? sure. Well, yeah, when you say that, a rush, that, when people are, are getting up in a wave, gigantic wave. Yeah, yeah. We had that again in in uh, Atlanta Pop Festival, two hundred fifty thousand people. When you say get up and boogie, and everybody gets up, and, and it's like a gigantic wave. It's unbelievable to see. You know, that's why I went. To, that's why I went to jazz. I don't like crowds. <laughs> let, let, let's try it here in the new age of uh, music. Everybody watching, get up and boogie. <laughs> wave. Yeah, do the wave. That, How yeah, about you, Jeff? What was your biggest uh, biggest crowd experience? Uh, I think it was ninety-one uh, rock and Rio. Ninety-one oh, people. Wow. Ninety-one wow. people. <laughs> it was two hundred and fifty-one thousand. Yeah, <laughs> and one. And yeah, one. it was. Uh, I think Vinny was there. <laughs> yeah, I was no, there. Was, uh, I was. It the was one. huge. It was a really strange experience that I've never uh, duplicated. Wow! Because of the stage size, it was uh, the biggest stage I'd ever seen. It was enormous. The, from the front of the drum kit to the downstage edge was seventy-five, eighty feet, I would say. And then wow. once you got to the downstage edge. The 100 yards out was all uh, cameras and uh, press people. And wow. then the crowd started after that. So right. a football field away was where the crowd was. You couldn't even see wow. them You're standing on wow. stage. You could wow. feel them and you could hear them. Oh, yeah. They were very loud and very responsive. But pretty much you had to kind of play for the cameras because uh, you, you couldn't see anybody. You know, mm -hmm. it was very weird and very strange. And uh, I, I liked it quite a bit. But I also I, I love small clubs and I love the intimacy of the, the small room. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a whole different vibe, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about you know, uh, go ahead. You know when, what, uh, why they call it downstage and upstage? No, I used to know that. Now I can't remember. The Apollo Theater in Scotland, right? Because I used to have a kit that went all the way around me, and I would spin around. Yeah, the glass. But I had Apollo. trouble. You, you mean trouble spinning around? The Apollo Theater, I think it was called. It's called. Yeah, 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 yeah. The one with that, Apollo. the one with that high stage. Yeah, the high, high stage. stage, right? 
and I would spin around, but I had trouble going up because the stage was so on a tilt. Oh, wow. And that's there. I said, why? What is it? He goes, well, downstage is down in the front because it's on a tilt. Yeah. Because yeah. the old uh, shows, people couldn't see everybody, so they made the stages on a tilt. Yeah. So up, upstage is the back because it's further up. Say, Vinny, wow. wasn't, wasn't that the stage that was like uh, 20 feet high? Yeah. Super yeah. high. Yeah, that's the one. They used to, because of the de because of it being sloped like that, they used to put uh, pour Coca Cola on the downstage edge, and let it dry on there, and it become sticky. So when your shoes hit it, you'd stick instead of fall off the edge. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I that's gotta like, use that. What about what about the stage at the Budokan? I, I know when we played there with BBA, and I played there in '82 with my own. I never show. played there. That was very there. very high. It was really a high stage like that. And I well, you missed the best. You you missed the best of all though at Glasgow was Green's Playhouse. You've never Where's played that? there. No, Where's in that? Glasgow. In Glasgow. Oh no. They had chicken wire in front of the stage. If they didn't like it, they threw beer bottles at you. <laughs> so they put chicken wire in front of the stage. And we played there with with McCartney and. Uh, Really? And afterwards, yeah, afterwards, they rushed us into the elevator. They took us down the elevator. We, we got in the limo in, the, in a, an alleyway out back. And the kids at, in, at the front of that alley in front of the theater, they broke through the barricades. And they came in, and they were climbing all over the car. We had to lay on the floor and put our feet on the roof so the car would not collapse. <laughs> it was scarier than shit. Oh, man. Oh, there's, man. There's, there's a story about Joe Cocker playing there where, where, he, where he, uh, one of his, his uh, bodyguards got him in the elevator and lost a finger. And they went back and got his finger and sewed it on because the elevator door shut oh, on it. Oh, no. Ah, oh, yeah. It's a famous place, man. I'm surprised. Uh, I uh, heard the, I've heard the name of that place, but I never played there. Yeah, Green's Playhouse. We always played that. I mean, I played there with BBA. I played there with, we played there with Ozzy, actually. And we played there with Rod. I think we did like six nights at the Apollo with Rod over there. And it was. We it, did seven. No. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, man. Seven nights. Seven nights. So I don't and know. What, and, guys, and an afternoon. <laughs> we played eight nights. Yep. Hit them one up. Hey, uh, Jeff, uh, I'm, I'm a wine guy. And <laughs> Insania, I want to hear about that. How did that whole, whole thing happen? I mean, you've been a, a wine guy for uh, a long time, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I started drinking early. <laughs> in I think my it was life. 14, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I started uh, making wine and being in the wine business. Uh, 2007 was my first vintage of Insania. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. So we've been going at it pretty regularly and uh, – and uh yeah it's very rewarding you know i i love uh winemaking and uh, i think when i retire I'd, I'd like to get more into the growing aspect of it mm -hmm. grape growing because i really really oh. relate to that not in seattle not in seattle no no <laughs> <laughs> i live right near wine country in uh, temecula oh temecula. and, yeah. Good and actually i i planted grapes in the backyard about four years ago <laughs> Yeah. And every year, these beautiful grapes come out. There's so many of them. I don't. I give them the neighbors, and yeah. I don't know what to do with them. But they're eating grapes, red right. flame yeah. grapes. 
there's grapes everywhere here. So it's unbelievable. Yeah. But what it, tell me the essence of your wines, Jeff. Are, are you doing reds and whites? Are you doing more dries? And, and you know, tell me a little bit about them. Well, um, we do a red and a white. Uh, the, the grapes and the wine are grown and uh, made in southern Germany in wow. uh, Al Alsace region. Mm -hmm. and, nice. uh, we do a Pinot Noir uh, red wine that's uh, quite, quite, quite tasty. I'm pretty happy with it. It's, we've been working on it for a long time. Um, Germany doesn't usually make full body Pinot mm -hmm. Noirs. And so, uh, but I wanted to make one and see if we could do it in that latitude and that climate. And so we, we finally found the right kind of uh, grape plant to plant. To, to the make. Alsace, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a specialty. I, I, it's something you had to really, really cultivate, I'm thinking. Yeah. And because uh, they're, Alsace is more known for its white wine. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. yeah. And, and they have all kinds of different types of white <clears throat> wine. But uh, we do uh, Pinot Grigio is our, our white. And uh, yeah, it's called Insania, and um, it's it's around. Well, uh, I mean, is there recipes? Are there recipes for the wine? Like, a, you get yeah. the grapes and put this much salt or that much this. It's very well guarded <laughs> secrets that I can't divulge. Of course, yeah. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> so, you know, our grandfather used to make wine in the cellar in Brooklyn. All our yeah. grandfathers made wine yeah, in the cellar. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, I don't even. Really, I didn't know nothing about it, so I'm real curious. Like. You know, when you say you, you, you've been working on it, how do you work on a wine? Well, you, first off, you have to plant the right kind of plant that does well yeah. and produces yeah. the kind of grape that you want to get the result you want when you make wine, right? Oh, and so yeah. there's all, of, of the Pinot Noir grape, there's, uh, I think, five or six different varieties, and then there's like 22 different sub-varieties. So oh, oh, man. It, takes some, it takes some experimentation with mm -hmm. uh, the region you're in because wine is really all about the ground that it's grown in. Exactly. You know, that's what makes a huge difference, and that adds to the taste and uh, the longevity of the wine and, uh, and the, sun. the chemical oh. makeup of the wine, you know. So it, it's wow. all about, as the French say, the terroir <coughs> of the ground. So where do you manufacture it, in Germany? Yeah, southern Germany. Yeah, out, I mean, just uh, south of Stuttgart. You have to go there a lot to taste yeah. it. All? Yeah. Wow. Well, I was I was born in Stuttgart, so uh, oh. and my wife, you know, Susan, is from um, her family's from the Freiburg area, right where we make the wine. Yeah. Wow. Cool. So you so far, hold on, hold on. So long. So far, we had Bumblefoot makes the taco sauce. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, he's making the wine. Me and Vinny want to make the the Italian sauce. Yeah, yeah. family recipe. Go ahead, Vinny. Meatballs. That, you know, you Remo did a meatball. Had a wine. Oh, Remo is... Belly, you know, from Remo Dry. Oh yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he had an award-winning wine. That was called, it was yeah. called Be Belly Suarte, I think it was called, or Soiree, or something like that. Mm. And when I was, I was, I was always signed to them, and I used to call them up and I'd say, uh, "We get two thirds off anything that you make, right, Remo?" <laughs> He said, "Yeah." <laughs> I said, "Send me a case of wine." <laughs> he he yeah, okay. made great wine. I, I stopped drinking, so I don't know if he still has that company. But yeah, wine is a beautiful, beautiful thing to be involved with. Jeff, mm -hmm. how can yeah. people get your wines? Is it available? Is it like a, an online thing, or is it a retail item? Yeah, it's both. Um, it's in uh, Whole Foods, and uh, oh, oh, wow. If you live in like the Texas area, they have it at uh, Specs, you know, the big distribution center there. 
And uh, but the easiest way to get it is online. If you go to jefftate.com, there's a little button you can push that says Insania, and it takes you to the, the winery, and you can buy it, and they'll ship it to you. Awesome. Wow. We are definitely going to carry that at uh, the Arcata Theater, man. I'll tell you what, we're going to feature that. <laughs> yeah. go to I love a, that. I love that theater, by the way. That's that's. Oh yeah, it's an awesome theater. Great memories of that place. And then the meatballs and the meatballs. Oh, thank you. Hey, hey, that's hey, one we're of those theaters where October, Ron. all those. All I know. Those, I don't know if you guys. Well, I'm Who's sure booked for October? All of you probably uh, share the same sentiment, but as you tour, you tour so much and you go to different venues, and uh, so many venues are just like corporate or they're. They're cold and indifferent. Yeah, and yeah, the Arcata yeah. is one that you go there and man, they make you feel at home. You, oh, know, yeah, you look yeah. you look forward to going there and spending the day in that place because uh, yeah. it's like uh, sitting in your uh, living room or your rehearsal studio. It's so so intimate and people yeah. are uh, really nice there and they take care of you and the great food and yeah, it's a great atmosphere. Yeah. See that, Vinny? Yeah. <laughs> I never <laughs> noticed that, Jeff. I know. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. Book there, October. You're coming there, October. Uh, Ooh, wait, wait, wait. Who's coming in October? Me? Last in line. Last in line. Oh, I so what? A, what about it? What about the other? One? I'm just actually. I found. I'll be honest with you. I found about the Last in Line show yesterday. Uh, I was on the phone with uh, with your agent. We're just trying to make this happen. So the fudge has got to be there, Jeff. Uh, you know, obviously oh. with the, with the, our good buddy Gary. Um, and you got to get Cactus there. We never played there. Absolutely, we have to. Yeah. You could do a show, hang in a banging show, and get a bunch of people that were on the show. You know? Oh no, yeah. that's got to happen. That's got to happen. Yeah, and we won't we won't rehearse. We just go up and do. <laughs> we wing it. We wing it, Danny. Wow, wing, there Danny. it goes again. <laughs> <laughs> Five. Uh, aside from the humor here. Denny, do you uh, uh, do you talk to uh, uh, the other Denny, our good friend Denny Lane? Uh, once in a great while, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he, he kind of fell off. He's in the, Florida. He fell off the map. I can't, I can't reach him. You know, I was in a band with him for a while. Yeah, I give me a number. number. We'd love to yeah, get yeah. him on here. Yeah, I got yeah. his number too. Here's the thing. So Paul McCartney does his, you know, he's doing his shows, and I get a call. Um, to uh, if if I wanted to go to a Paul McCartney show, you know, I said sure. I said who is this? It's Denny Lane. I'm gonna be I'll be in town. You want to come with me? How cool is that? <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. uh, so did I, it happen? Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Good. And I'll be honest with you, if I could be so whatever, I don't know. I was a little. Um, I felt a little bit because I thought. Well, you know what? It, it, here's the thing. Yeah, I felt kind of bad actually because. Here, you know, we're, we're at, I forgot where it was. It was some out, out, one of our outdoor 30,000 person, whatever, you know. Um, and, and I'm there with Denny. And, I, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of backstage. Not like backstage, backstage, and you're know, right there, but kind of. And I thought Paul would, like, bring Denny up. And, hey, you know what I got in the audience today? I got backstage, but from a wing, you know. It didn't happen. I'll be honest with you. I felt, you know, I kind of felt bad. I really, really did because it was like, it felt like. Welcome to the club. <laughs> he doesn't do that, huh? He got Henry up. Uh, Henry came to see him someplace. Up. I don't I forget where it was. And he got him to stand up in the audience and take a bow from, from his seat. Yeah, I don't know what it is with him, you know, like, I don't know. Just the he's way it, he, doesn't, he doesn't look he, back. He's English. Yeah. I'll tell you a funny story though. You, that different, that I don't. I make. I'm making a little of this up, but we were on tour uh, in in up north of England, and one morning, their oldest daughter Heather came knocking on all the doors and said, "Get up, 
pack your shit, get down into the van. We got to get out of here. The cops are on their way. Oh, so I know that one. Yeah, so apparently so they were, the, the, it was like a bed and breakfast, and the guy was a little mad at the way we were hanging out the night before or something. And, and Paul had a little argument with him, and somehow or another, Paul's elbow bumped the guy's nose. You know, <laughs> it was no big deal. But Heather says, come on, pack your shit, let's get out of here. The cops were. So there, that's where the term band on the run came from. Mm. Really? <laughs> from an elbow wow. to the nose? I think so. I know that I one. We, on it. We, we had that one one time, and Tim Boger was in the shower. And somebody said, hurry up, the cops are on the way. We got Timmy out in a towel, <laughs> threw all his junk, all his stuff in a, in a suitcase, and we dumped him in the, in the limo. And we scooted over the border. We were on a, a town, town in uh, another state. So we went over to the other state. And Tim, we pulled into an old railroad yard. And Tim dried himself off and got dressed over there. Unbelievably <laughs> funny. You know, I, I got to tell you. Don't shower. Yeah. I've had my theater now for 16 years, I think. And back in 2013, I think in 2013 might have been your first uh, show by us, I think. And you, you kind of helped put us on the map, I got to tell you. Because who, who? stage doing who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Yeah, Jeff Tate. Yeah. So, so basically, when he's doing his thing, and you know, Jeff, when he's in his freaking zone, you know, that audience is freaking his. And they're all up against the stage and they're all just having a great time. And Jeff happens to notice somebody with their phone like this. So he freaking goes up to him. He's, I mean, he's like, ah! <laughs> grabs the phone from the guy and does all the way to the end of the freaking audience. And then, and then the next day, it's right everywhere. And Arcada Theater in St. Charles is like, like all, on, on every freaking entertainment tonight. Everything was all over the place. And I asked Jeff <laughs> to mention this because, you know, we're not a TMZ kind of show. But I tell you what, it helped put us on the – I kidding. It helped put us on the national map. Everyone's like the, – the, the amount of press that we got was crazy. Just because you flicked this phone – I don't know if you were messing with them or you were pissed that, that they were videotaping or something – but you literally turned around over your shoulder and it took his phone all the way to the back of the theater. <laughs> well, you're welcome. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Hey guys, yeah, you know, it's weird how that, it's weird how that happened. Uh, it, it, we were performing the operation mind crime album and mm -hmm, I, tend mm -hmm. to, I tend to get a little into it. And uh, the guy was <laughs> shouting at me, you know, Take my phone. Take a picture of me. Take a picture of me. And so I grabbed his phone and walked towards the drum kit and then tossed it over my shoulder. And he missed it. And I i guess I threw it too hard or something. But yeah. uh, it, it went shattered all over the ground, right? And I felt bad about it. So I had uh, my, my guy go out and find him and then bring him backstage after the show. And he, he came back and he showed me the phone. It was all smashed. And he was like happy and laughing and, you know, very excited. And he asked me to sign it, which I did. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> sign oh, it. Cool. That happened. I remember, no, nothing I had to do with the phone. I remember with, with Rod Stewart, you know, I, used to, I used to throw drumsticks out like that. They used to go like this, you know. Yeah. And then one time I threw it out and I hit this girl and right in the face and cut her face. Yeah. Right? So they brought her backstage after the show, and she's like this, holding, 
holding a you know a bloody towel on her face. She goes, she goes, thanks for the stick. <laughs> Can you sign the stick? Yeah. And I said, gladly. I'm thinking, man, I hope she don't sue us. <laughs> yeah. right, right. Now forget about it. She'd be your partner. Now forget about. <clears throat> we used to be really afraid of that whole stick thing, and yeah. back yeah. then yeah. we were thinking like. Because uh, Scott, our drummer, used to throw them out all the time, right? And yeah. and I was thinking, man, wouldn't it just be horrible if we uh, ended the show, you know, and the crowd all left, and there's like somebody laying there dead in the in the aisle. You know, <laughs> somebody the somebody comes in like this. Oh, thanks for the stick, bro. Thank you. Yeah. That was really yeah. nice. Hey, well, we 19, had... 1976 to play with. <laughs> oh, oh, Rick Derringer, uh -oh. one of my first tours, throw a stick out. Went in some girl's eye, right in her eye. Really? Oh. But we, we sent her flowers and stuff. Well, I didn't. We didn't bring her back. I don't know what happened, but we sent flowers. But if that happened now, you imagine no, the freaking lost well, no, shit. So I don't even do that anymore. No. no. I go. Up, yeah. I go up to the front of the stage and lightly just go like this, you know, almost I hand, hand to people. Yeah. You know. Yeah, hand them. Yeah. Speaking of you drummers, you know, I mean, don't forget, no matter what you guys do wrong. I all of a sudden become part of your equation. You know what I mean? As a venue owner. Well, we don't, we don't care when we play at your place. We're just throwing <laughs> the hell out of all this. <laughs> Take the whole stick back. And I know, but you know what? I, I, you know, I love the drummers, of course. But I can't tell you how many times I'm backstage or wherever I'm at and I'm watching. And at the end, I get the freaking, you know, electricity is happening. But how many of your drummers flinging those sticks into the audience and not even not, like – or sometimes the la I'm trying to think who it was. The last two drummers <coughs> literally bounced it off the stage into the. Yeah, office. that that works bad. That's oh, not hey, bad. I'm like, uh, uh, I mean, how did you guys are killing me? Here. Yeah, like no control. My attorney tells me you have all the shows you want, just no drummers. I'm like, sure, no problem. The <laughs> way it's memorable, well, you know. Not not this show. <laughs> Definitely not, not this show. Especially the way Vinny hits. My God, I've never seen a drummer hit harder than freaking Vinny. That's yeah. right. It's because I'm pissed off, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, tell look, you. look at the state of this stick. <laughs> I'll get to it. That's broken on. <laughs> That's called a broken in stick. Look, look at that. Look at that stick. It's like <laughs> corn on the cob. <laughs> So, Jeff, what are you working on now? Are you working on anything new or just waiting to get out and, and do your thing? Uh, well, I completed an album a few months ago that's getting ready to come out in April. Uh, it's called Relentless. It's a album I made with a group of uh, Italian uh, musicians. There you go. Out on Frontier Records. And, uh, yeah, that, I think they just released the first single, like, maybe last week. And, uh, yeah, just doing that and getting ready to... Uh, well, I just did a show in the Seattle area, uh, the very first uh, show back from lockdown at 25% capacity. It was a very small Hi. show, but uh, it was great to play finally again, and the audience really was had it a great full, time. Was it a full Minecraft? Was it a full show? It was uh, an acoustic show, oh. actually. Yeah, with uh, I had two, two acoustic guitar players <laughs> and uh, a cajon player and a bass stand-up bass player wow. and we did uh, a show of uh, acoustic songs of mine and it was great it was really really fun show to do but we we have dates starting in uh, may in scotland actually in in ireland so hopefully those will play out that's what we're wow yeah. you know as much as uh, you know obviously your 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 show your music rocks I and mean, it's awesome of course but i tell you what you you know i could really see 
your music being so freaking cool acoustic. You know, mm. some some rock uh, stuff doesn't uh, translate well. Kip Winger does a great job doing a solo acoustic. Um, yeah. But some just, they try and it doesn't work out. But man, oh man, would, would you consider taking that on the road as well? Oh, I did. I've done that, yeah. In 2016 and 17, I did a all-acoustic show. It was really fun because I had, of course, acoustic guitars and a stand-up bass, and I had a, uh, a violin player and a cello player. I'm saying, man. And, uh, yeah, that worked out really well. They could do lucidity. Yeah, it was great playing lucidity. Yeah. Actually, quite a few songs you know, lend themselves to uh, violin yeah. solos, you know. It's great. Oh, and, and no worry, and no worries about sticks going out to the audience on that. Yeah, right. No. It's yeah. with a string, like or something. But when we we play to twenty five percent capacity, we do twenty five percent of the set list. <laughs> <laughs> the thing you got to worry thank about. You, good, thank you. Good night. Five, four songs. Thank you. We're here all week. These the are the thing got, the yeah. thing We'll be here tomorrow about. night too for the next four songs. Jeff, the real thing quick, you get, why the you, thing you got to worry about when you're playing acoustic, uh, <laughs> for me, it's like I uh, have a cajon player, you know, playing the yeah. hand drum, you know, and um, it's it's kind of a brutal instrument on your on your hands, you know. Oh man, yeah, counting I, that thing like that, and uh, I play right. I play seven days a week. I I don't like to take days off, and so my my cajon player is just like a bloody mess, you know, after like <laughs> the first week. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, he, that's has, he had to start killer. wrapping his hands up in tape, and that eventually was using like boxing gloves. You know, <laughs> oh my God. His hands. that 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 is brutal. Uh, Let me ask real quick. You said that the musicians were all Italian. How did that? Is there a reason? How did that happen? Uh they asked me. They asked me. Uh, oh, I interested in uh, you know working on the album, and I listened to. Uh, what they had started working on, and it sounded interesting to me. And uh, so, yeah, we we began. This is my second time doing a, an album with them. Nice. Yeah. Oh, well, Frontiers is an Italian label. Yeah, they're Italian, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, I got to sing. I got to sing a song in Italian, uh, which was really fun. Oh, side. really? Yeah. Right. Had, we're, we're, we're waiting. We're here. I don't, well, I don't speak Italian, but I had to learn how to sing it in Italian, you know, which is which is challenging. <laughs> yeah. Say. Wow. Is it, is it on the album? Would you yeah, go so like this? Would you go like that when you say? I'm not Jay. Every time. <laughs> because that's, that gives it weight, you know, it gives it meaning. <laughs> this is a word in Italian. I can't say it right now, but it's a word. <laughs> Denny, how about you? What you got going on, brother? Well, we're excited about this new record. It's, by the way, it's the Ram remake of the Ram album is called Ram On. Oh, of course. Not Ramon, Ram On. And, uh, we're really excited. It's coming out uh, probably May 15th, I believe it is. Uh, we just signed the record deal the other day. We're excited about it. We, saw, we even had some uh, guests, some celebrities jump on and put a, like Davey Johnstone put a, a guitar solo on uh, on um, Smile Away. Oh, my God. It's iconic. Where, where is Davey? Boy, I haven't heard from him in ages. He's here. He's here. He's, he lives right down the street. Uh, oh, you know, out here in my end of the valley, and and yeah. Joey Santiago from the Pixies put a part on. We had Dave Spinoza, the original guy, played on um, on the original uh, uh, Just Another Day. It's been so much fun doing it. So that's that's coming out in May fifteenth. So keep an eye out for it. Yeah, yeah. I just saw yeah, right. I just saw Fernando is, is on watching the show. So Fernando's he's he really is. I don't want to yeah. blow up. He's a talent. Yeah. 
he's a very talented guy and yeah. a great producer. We co-produced the album, and he's really good at what he does. And yeah, he, does. he was the one that found all. Everybody wanted to be a part of it. The hardest part was saying, "We don't have any more room to bring more people." And <laughs> there's there's ninety people on it. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. is he something for you, Carmine? Aren't you working with him as well? I'm working with Fernando. Yeah, there he is. Yep. He's uh he's he's great. We we started uh Tom Dowd's family called me and said there's a guy that Tom Dowd was working with before he passed away. Mm. And uh that he wanted to work with me. And Vinny had built my studio for me as far as the computer and everything. So when he when I got a hold of him, I said, Oh, this would be a great experience for me to learn how to work my studio. So we started sending things back and forth on the internet. And then I realized this guy is really badass, man. You know, right now we have 14 songs. They're instrumentals, but they're really good. They're great hooks and all that, you know. Oh, he said his head is swelling there. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, but but it's really good stuff. And then he, he found this guy that mixes it, mixed the Ram album. He mixes it uh, here in Florida. And he did all our mixing too. And it's really great sounding stuff. So. We have a record exactly. deal also with Cleopatra, it looks like, that's going to come out. And uh, we're going to call it Energy Overload because it's just full of energy. And I'm playing a lot faster than Vinny ever played. Oh, wait. Oh, come on. Come on, impossible. No, no, it's really, I'm really, uh, it's really a great, fun album. And a lot it's of a playing. We got, we got Derek Serenian uh, on playing keyboards awesome. uh, with us on two tracks. And... Uh, that was really cool. Him and him and Fernando taking fours is really pretty awesome. Well, let me tell you something. This has been incredible. I mean, Jeff Tate, Denny Sable, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Everybody yeah. out there, make sure you like us. Make sure you share this. Tell everybody about Artists on Lockdown, Hanging and Banging. Everything. You forgot something. You forgot what? the questions. All right. I'll do the well, – no, I, I, I did it earlier. We got so – Behind you. I know. I, 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 but we I, have no I, time limit. We have I'll no do, time limit. I'll do the question. See what happens with pills. Yeah, all right. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Okay, so pills. Denny, Denny wants to know, uh, I, I, ironically, her name is uh, Linda, wants to know what the situation was like with Linda. Uh, Linda, um, we know that she really didn't have a whole lot of, if any, musical experience before all this. Uh, and then Paul just wanted to be with her so much romantically. He said, I want you on stage. Is that the, the whole uh, genesis of the Linda? Yeah, she, she didn't want to be there, but Paul wanted her there. She, he needed her there because he just, he just left his mates, the band, the Beatles. He had to break it up before Alan Klein would have taken everything that they've earned. You know, he had to stick to his guns. He made the right decision. He needed Linda with him. And he showed her how to play the parts that she'd have to play. She wow. scared the life out of her. She got the dirty end of the stick. I must say, Linda was a very special lady. She had, she had problems, you know, like everybody does. But she was a very special lady. And it's, uh, it's just a shame that it worked out the way it did, you know. Yep. And then we lost her really early, too. But uh, uh, we dedicated this record uh, all to Paul and Linda. Because she was a very big part of it. She, she had a beautiful rock and roll background. And uh, I'm so glad that she was in the band, even though she was limited. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Now, Jeff, uh, a question from Al wants to know, uh, uh, you're at vocals and not including present company excluded, because that's just too freaking easy. Um, who is your, you got, and you're a five piece and you're the vocalist. Who's your all-star team? Oh, the band? Yeah. 
you know, your band members are excluded and president company is excluded. Oh, okay. Uh, gee, that's you a, can't that's pick Ron. <laughs> I accept. Um, you know, I played uh, an acoustic show uh, a couple years ago, just me and and Bumblefoot, and oh. he is awesome. incredible. I, I yeah. love his guitar playing, and as a person, he's uh, so yeah, he's just a gentleman, you know. And uh, he's he's one of our um, you know, regulars. Regulars on this show. Really yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed playing with him. So I, I, I'd pick him on guitar. Did, did he play the double neck? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Play double neck. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Who's on bass? Oh, on bass. Uh, I'd probably take a keyboard bass, actually. <laughs> and so okay. I'd probably take uh, somebody like uh, Claude Chanel. Wow. Oh, hey. That's one of your lots of your cousins. Because yeah, Claude could play a mean left hand and, and take care of the yeah. bass parts and also do nice. cool keyboard stuff, too. Mm -hmm. And this with his clever stories. <laughs> the dangerous question is the drums. Who's on that? Oh, gosh. Um, drums. There's so many amazing drummers. Most of them are on this screen right now. That's why I said it's too easy. Yeah. <laughs> too easy. Um, man. How about that guy that was at the New Year's party? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was tricky. I almost said his name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, I, okay, drummer. Um, probably, uh, what's that What's that kid that plays for uh, Dream Theater? What's his name? Oh, Mike Portnoy. Oh, Mike Portnoy. No, the other guy. No. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. He's the other guy. That's all we know. <laughs> no, no, no. Come on, Matt. No, I'd probably, I'd probably take Portnoy because he's uh, he's so flamboyant. Yeah. 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 I like that about him. Um, yeah, that's who I'd have. Awesome. That's, that's an awesome team right there, man. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to do this question answer thing every week, so make sure all of you guys, Kevin's out there, M, Henry, and Big Al, Betty Ann, of course, Pauline, all you people that are just supporting us every week. So many people send us comments. Thank you for supporting us. Jeff Tate, God bless you, man. Just And your voice. Keep that freaking throat. Yeah, man. Please do whatever you got to do. Uh, <clears throat> Thanks for having me on. Oh, no. <laughs> That's his real voice. That's the you ruined his voice now, Ron. <laughs> oh, man, that was great. No, I really, I really enjoyed uh, hanging out with you guys and listening to those stories. There's nothing I like better than yeah, sitting around good. having I'm glad, fun. I'm glad we listening, got you. Listening to the stories. I, I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. We love we love hearing the stories and, and chiming in. That's what makes this show really cool because oh, yeah. everybody's got stories and intertwine with other people, you know, and and uh and we get to know stuff that we never knew. I never knew you did wine, you know. Yeah. I, I never knew Bumblefoot did did the uh, taco stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's serious about it too, man. I, I mean, know you. Like, he's like, like the chemistry of it all, you know? Yeah. Well, I got to say, Denny played on Live and Let Die. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Insane, yeah, man. You know what was, wow. better than, what was better than playing on it was watching him write it. <laughs> really? Well, you, in, uh, you, ten ten yeah. minutes. I, ten I minutes. Ah. Yeah, you told that story at the rock camp. It was fantastic. Yeah, it, was, it, it blew my mind, man. So. Mm -hmm. And that record was recorded in and out with a 40-piece orchestra, mixed, overdubbed, everything in three hours at George Martin's <laughs> studio. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, I work, I work with George at, at with, uh, Jeff Beck, and he was pretty amazing. Yeah, he was and, uh, amazing. Really, really amazing. How did it happen, Dan? How did the writing happen? He said it happened in 10 minutes? Yeah, well, he wrote the, they gave him the book to read. He said, I got to write the theme for the next Bond movie, and they gave me the book. Uh, so he said, I read the Ian Fleming novel the night before, and we were up the house. And he said, I got it. Let me see. Uh, James Bond. Ba-ba-bum. 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 Ba-bum. So he did that all of a sudden. He said, okay, that's good. Ba -da -da. So he had a little chase scene there. And then he said, well, now I got to write some uh, a melody, which is his thing. So he wrote this beautiful thing. And he said, and, and he, we were deep into reggae music at the time. And he said, well, it's, it's filmed in Jamaica, so I got to throw some reggae in there. So he wrote a little reggae, boom, chick boom chick chick boom He wrote this little reggae beat. We all got our instruments out. We were all sitting there in the living room. And within an hour, we had the song all laid out, man. He sent it uh, to a, a little tape of it over to George Martin. George wrote the orchestra. A couple of days later, we're in the studio recording it. Bang, in and out. Unreal. Yeah, so cool. I mean, you can't see no. what's happening these days, even with today's technology, that doesn't happen. Not that yeah. well. no. Technology gets in the way sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. Yeah. Well, guys, once again, cool. <laughs> this was great. Thanks for joining us, all that stuff. Um, but anyway, really, I'm get some wine. Thank you, Jeff. Powermind Vinny, love you Thank guys. You, all folks out there, keep hanging and banging with us every Thursday night right here, Artists on Lockdown. We'll see you next week. We got so many guests come up. I think we just uh, signed Eddie Trunk today. Um, yeah. yeah. Are we doing the Loverboy thing or what? No, we got no, we got Dave Amato next week from uh, from REO, and he played with Nugent. I'm trying to get Derek St. Holmes on that same show. Awesome. Uh, two, two singers of Nugent. You know? We've had Ted on this show twice already. That's right. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Be safe. Right, see you later, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.